following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. Firstly, I have no fucking idea what a hormone is. I feel like I throw it around all the time. Hormones this and hormones that. I actually but don't really does. know what a, male, a hormone is. The poor hormones get the blame for okay. everything. Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you shouldn't speak about. Today I am joined by an absolute legend. Maria Rafferty has been a champion of women's health for over 10 years, from periods to menopause and everything in between. Maria has normalized and opened up the conversation around hormones and the massive impact they can have on our lives. She is also a huge advocate of traditional Chinese medicine. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Laura. Um, I will, before we continue, I am ravished with cold as per usual. So we have done our COVID tests. We're all clear, yeah. just in case anybody is like, what the hell are you doing in this girl's company? Um, so I am feeling quite under the weather. So I want to know today, in particular, we have a lot to talk about, but how hormones can specifically impact our health in terms of colds and flus and all those things. That's something that I want to add to our list today. Okay, well the cold and flu is an invasion from an external pathogen. Okay. Um, so it's either going to be wind heat or wind cold. That's Chinese medicine uh, terminology. And we know this because sometimes we have a cold and we're really cold with it. Mm-hmm. And the tongue will be, have a white coat. Okay. And then sometimes you can have a cold, but you can be quite warm and clammy and sweaty with it. Yes. And there'll be a yellow tinge to the coat okay. on the tongue. Uh-huh. And that's the two different kinds of pathogens. So in Chinese medicine, what we would do would be we prescribe herbs. Either if it's a cold cold, we would prescribe warming herbs to warm the body up and herbs that would vent to, to eliminate the pathogen from the body. Mm-hmm. And if um, it's a, a warm cold, a hot cold, then some cooling herbs to cool the body down and okay. also some herbs to, again, vent and sweat from the body. But the, the body does that naturally anyway if we allow it. Mm-hmm. When we are sick, we, we will um, sweat. Okay. Tell me a little bit about you. you. I feel like you have... What I have loved about you, you know in Northern Ireland and Ireland as a whole, we're still quite taboo about talking about certain things. Periods... Uh, menopause, hormones, and I've been following you for a long time, and you've always been very open. You're one of the first people I heard in Northern Ireland to just like mention period yeah. or mucus or discharge or vulva or vagina, and I was like, wow, okay. So I feel like you're definitely a trailblazer, and I love that about you, and I feel like was maybe 2019 so before covid COVID. and you did this series of talks every day on your instagram just about everything and anything relating to kind of i don't i don't want to say um alternative therapies but because they're not alternative therapies it's just little things people do at home in their kitchen okay 
So yes, t- tell me. Hey, Laura, t- you have mentioned so much there. I'm like, where do I start? Tell do I just start? G- give everybody um, um, a bit of an intro. Okay, so I was working. God, I was actually thinking about it today. It's almost 20 years ago, but I was working in an office as an accountant. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to this, as a teenager, um, in the 90s, my mother once bought this magazine called Top Sante, mm-hmm. which was about health and wellness, and I loved it. Okay. So when the rest of my friends were reading how to do hair and makeup, they, we, we, the rest of us were reading like p- positions all the fortnight. <laughs> 15 year old going, oh, I'll have to try that position. Yeah. I was, I was reading about uh, therapies and I was reading about food and the impact it had on your body and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that's why I can't do her makeup. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, and I just was always fascinated, but you, you know, it, it didn't lead to anything at the time. And then I think I was mid 20s and where I worked, one of the directors. Claire had qualified in acupuncture mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I want to go and try that. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing really wrong with me at the time, thankfully. Um, getting up tonight at night to pee, that was the only thing, but I didn't realise that was wrong. And I just remembered how good I felt and I remember how amazing my sleep was. And mm-hmm. I was like, I just wanted to know more and know more. And at the time I was doing my yoga teacher training and then I just signed up to, to learn how to do acupuncture. And it wasn't that I was thinking this is going to be my career or this is what I'm going to do. I just was kind of doing it because I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, then. Um, and then the more that I got into that, um, the harder my job was. Because yeah. accountancy <laughs> to acupuncture, um, that's quite a shift, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Do you know, I went to a Northern Irish grammar school and they just push you yeah. one way. I, I went into law, <laughs> you went into accountancy and I feel like... There, there was like about five career choices. Yes, and, and absolutely. We all got assigned one. So, um, But luckily then I was able to make my own decisions and pathways. So then that brought me up to... Was 2008? I remember when there was mm-hmm. the, the crash and everything mm-hmm. and there was a handful of redundancies and I remember being so disappointed. That you didn't get that it. I didn't get it. Okay, well that's on always the a sheer fire yes, sign. but on the run-up we were all nervous and then, uh, so I was like, I'm going to save up money and then mm-hmm. I leave. But then they, uh, a few months later, they offered some voluntary redundancies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course I opted for it. Mm-hmm. And then I came across something called the Maya Abdominal Massage. Okay. Um. So I just signed up immediately to learn that. I didn't even know very much about it. Is that the fertility massage? Yeah, it's very heavily marketed as fertility. Okay. Um. But it's just for general. It's digestion. It's for your gynae. It, it's it's every it's mm-hmm. everything. Um. And the big thing about it, if it's in the correct hands and the therapist is doing it as they were taught to do it, we will teach the woman how to do the massage herself. Okay. And I loved that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I went to Belize for a month and I got to stay with Rosie Darvigo in her house and learn from her. And she really drummed into us that you teach the woman how to take care of herself. Okay. And then that's going to nicely bring us on to why I ran that series of videos. Mm-hmm. If you remember, I did it from the 1st of January, the, the Western New Year, until the Chinese New Year, which I think was the 5th or 6th of February at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know that the New Year is all, oh, sign up and do this, or buy these slimming teas, or, or here's a new diet plan. And that's fine, you think new diet plan, and then you're like, 
where, where do you buy these ingredients? Mm-hmm. You're like, that's going to take me six hours every day in the kitchen. You know, it's not realistic. Um, same with the training programs. I was like, that's, you know, and people are vulnerable at that stage. I guess that's why we get the heavy-handed marketing. Um, so I thought, no, I'm just going to go on video every day during the two new years, and I'm going to give, like, a small tip that relates to how the body actually functions mm-hmm. and how this little tip would support the function of the body. And if people do uh, most of these little tips every day, they will see a difference. Mm-hmm. So I was doing this. And then, you know when you're on Instagram and you kind of think that there's nobody on the other yeah. side? Yeah, like this podcast. Yeah, I never think of anybody listening. And then somebody's like, oh, I remember the, like, the story about like the tampon. And I'm like, oh no, I'm with my mum. Please don't elaborate on the story. <laughs> so, so then people kept coming back to me and going, oh my goodness, Maria, my digestive problems. Your tips and things that I actually found really um, actionable. Well, yes, they are doable. Um, and the uh, and people were saying, oh, it's really helpful. Now, help my period pain and everything. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not a cure-all for everything. And some people just noticed small differences, whereas some people, it, it was enough for them. Um, and I, I just couldn't believe it. The feedback was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't... These tips don't cost very much, if anything. Some mm-hmm. of them are free. But they all... And they were mostly supporting the digestive system. So I think... Um, and that, that really showcased my beliefs on how I like to work. Yes, I practice Chinese herbal medicine and some acupuncture, but most of the work I want the patients to do at home. And you know what? I think that that's something that people really appreciated. You weren't necessarily hounding people with, buy my course, log online here, do this, that and the other. It genuinely it came from the heart from you. And I think that people really felt that from you and you weren't trying to shove courses and things down people's throats no. it w- it was a really lovely like warm hug of here's how you can better help yourself help yourself so in terms of where you're at now what do you do what do you help women with because I know that you're such an advocate and champion for women's health especially around hormones and hormonal issues where do you stand with that Okay, so hormones, what is a hormone, first of all? Firstly, I have no fucking idea what a hormone is. I feel like I throw it around all the time, hormones this and hormones that. I actually don't really know what a hormone is. The poor hormones get the blame for everything. Yes. What do I tell you that a hormone is a chemical messenger Mm -hmm. that might be released in one part of the body, say um, a a gland in the brain, Mm -hmm. and then it is carried through the blood to another part of the body say the ovary so we could have follicle stimulating hormone Mm -hmm. that comes from the pituitary Mm -hmm. and it's carried in the blood down to the ovary and then it tells the ovary you know produce some estrogen Mm -hmm. um and we have those chemical messengers i carry on out their job all day like we have hormones in the kidneys we have hormones for related to digestive system but generally we associate hormones with the female reproductive system. Mm-hmm. And I feel that as well, hormones and women have been tarred with the brush of, my God, she's so hormonal, like pre- pre-menstrual. Well, I know that a few days before my period, I literally hate my life. I have a like and I should monitor it and I don't yeah, I'm, I'm lazy and I'm I'm not in the habit 
But I have days where I'm like, I hate my life. What the fuck am I doing? I don't even want to live in this country. I don't want to live in this house. The only person that I love is my dog. And I'm like losing my mind. And then three days later, I get my period and I'm like, ah, All is that's with the word. what that Lord's was. Word. But I, I feel like, Again, at school, we're not taught about really monitoring those things. We're just tarred with that that negative brush of, oh God, she's premenstrual and hormonal and a bit mental today. Yeah. So there's two aspects. First of all, we're not told um, about what, what, a, what a, a menstrual cycle should be, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really understand. I see women in their 30s, 40s. I see them in their 20s as well. And they're well-educated. They're successful. They're intelligent. Do they know when they ovulate? No. Mm-hmm. Or, or the thing they do is they oh, let me check my phone I'm like, but your phone how's your phone know I know if you're ovulating it doesn't know I'm guilty of that yeah. by the way and you know when you read into it all and, and the underlying message is a woman can't be trusted mm-hmm. with her own cycle mm-hmm. so we'll get a piece of technology that, or throw the that pill the at men, them the men at from 16 them. years old oh, we'll talk about the pill later but um so th- this is the, uh, uh, so they're, they're not recognizing their their fertile period um, women don't realize that there's only five or six days a week or a month sorry that they can actually conceive mm-hmm. and that's assuming that the sperm is good enough because let me tell you ladies in this day and age it's really not what it used to be mm-hmm. um, <laughs> another conversation yeah little, yeah um then we have um and then we have the actual period and like if you want to start a shocking conversation on a Saturday night when you're out with the girls is say this to them. Did you know their periods aren't meant to be painful? Mm-hmm. And just do you see that? No, they'll come back. No, that's not true. This is how it I, is this is how I they're was, meant to be painful. This is how I was first alerted to you. I'm just having a flashback. So I was in Dubai and I'd been in Dubai for 10 years at that point and didn't really follow um a lot of people at home. And my friend Kelly was having endo problems and her and I were having a conversation and I said to her you know everybody gets painful periods kind of normal and she was like actually it's not and she referred me to a post that you had written or an ebook or something you contributed to I can't remember what it was but you that that's how I first was alerted to you and I read this post and I was like holy shit I was told as a teenager, it's normal to have periods. I remember lying vividly. One of my earliest memories was lying on a Friday night when my parents were downstairs having drinks with friends. And I remember lying in such pain and like having an overflowing pad and like waking up in the middle of the night like three times with like, excuse my language, but like a bloody bloodbath yeah that's not right but that was but we were taught that was normal that was just one of those things but it's like oh well that's periods especially you know if you had a male doctor for example firstly as Irish people were really weird talking about periods I would never have gone and talked to a male doctor about my periods but I felt like the whole conversation centered around that just par for the course. It is, and you would you believe that still happens okay today uh where women are told young girls are told well that's just that's just the way it is for some women, and you got unlucky. Um, the other thing, and they're still told this. Well, maybe, maybe if you get pregnant and have a baby, mm-hmm. and you're they're like maybe eighteen or something, it'll be okay. Once you have a baby, that'll go away. That's not medical care. I, I I felt I feel like whenever I was at school with my peers, um, everybody was pretty much put on the pill. 
that wasn't necessarily because they were having sex. It no, was just it was... To, to aid and to soothe the period and, and pain and what, the flow. And basically what the pill is doing, it's stopping a woman ovulating, which means then she doesn't produce... Um, she doesn't produce the oestrogen and she doesn't produce progesterone. And we've skipped a bit there, so I'll just go back. So a menstrual cycle, perfect menstrual cycle, and it doesn't have to be textbook, but when I'm talking about it, it just makes it easier. So it's 28 days. And day one, this is a question that people never know. What is the first day of your period? It is the first day of full flow. Um, any spotting or staining prior to that is the end of the previous cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and it's usually dark blood because it's mm -hmm. been sitting maybe in the cervix or that. Um, it's it's uh, stale blood. So first day of full flow is day one. And you should bleed between maybe four, five, six days. There shouldn't be any pain. Um, not really any clots. It should be a good healthy red colour. You know, like if you cut your arm, yeah, it should be a, simil yeah, yeah. The, uh, a similar colour. Um, yeah, you might feel a little bit more tired a, a little bit you know not quite firing on all cylinders and that's okay what about but like a throbbing be? vagina is that normal no okay <laughs> just checking <laughs> because i i sometimes feel sometimes like you're more aware of it maybe but i'm not I, sure it's like throbbing <laughs> i feel like sometimes for me there's so much pressure like yes that's the pressure that's the weight of the womb okay so maybe i you've yeah. a weak digestive system haven't you that's why you're feeling that pressure and um, the pressure so what happens is your womb it, no we're jumping around i hope everybody can i know up, listen sorry, it, but, it always um, happens so the womb is okay so we all know a womb can grow to accommodate uh an, um a newborn baby mm -hmm. which could be six seven eight nine ten pounds plus the placenta plus the amniotic fluid so that's quite a lot of growth so there is a little bit of space within the woman's pelvis to allow for that growth um there are ligaments 14 ligaments that hold the womb in place but those ligaments ligaments in general in the body don't get a lot of nourishment a lot of blood flow okay mm. and then we wear high heels we jump around we um cross our legs Laura, both of us <laughs> um and that over time you know stretches the ligaments we fall over and things mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. uh, it stretches the ligaments and weakens them so what happens is that the womb can then move out of place so back to why you're feeling a little bit more. The womb also doubles in size roughly throughout the cycle. I say roughly because nobody actually knows because mm -hmm. science hasn't done enough research into yeah, of course. menstrual health. Whereas if this was a man oh, with yeah. a period every month, it yeah. would be a very different well, story. It's like they've spent five, there's five times as much money spent on research for erectile dysfunction than there is on premenstrual syndrome. Isn't that syndrome. crazy? It is. But the other thing, Laura... If you if if a woman goes to the doctor quite often, uh, it still happens today. Oh, I've got poly. I'm not having periods, or you know, there's something up. They'll all it it blows my mind. But they are told there's there's two scenarios. If they have no children, they're like, listen, don't worry about it. Come back when you want to have children. Mm. Therefore, you know your health does not matter unless you're ready to breed. The other side of the coin is maybe you have your children and that you, you're you're confident you don't want any more and then it'll be oh, well we'll just give you a hysterectomy mm -hmm. we'll just take it out you know mm -hmm. um but if a man presents to a gp with erectile dysfunction he's not asked does he have children mm -hmm. does he not have children 
you know, he's not told, well, if you're not trying to have a family, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Come back when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Or you've already had your children, or should we just cut it off then? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. He will get a prescription and he will get a referral if it is necessary. Whereas the female, are you sure? Are you imagine it? Some women just happen to have that or come back when you want a baby. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's just, they say that on average, it depends on what country, but I think it was nine years for the UK. It takes on average for a woman to get a diagnosis of endometriosis. Mm-hmm. Endometriosis is that, it's quite often, not always, but it's, you know, that friend that has the debilitating mm-hmm. period pain or pelvic pain because they can have it. Um, even outside of their period mm-hmm. and it's like the tissue that's very similar to the lining of the womb it's growing maybe on the bowel on the fallopian tubes on the bladder mm-hmm. um, and it causes a lot of mm-hmm. pain and distress so um, I went off on a bit of a tangent oh that's okay that's always. okay I, so I, that's I, the th- oh yeah so that's why you are f- so the womb the womb doubles the weight when it's full of blood it's heavier compared mm. to when it's emptier okay and if the ligaments so just that's aren't normal yeah well no okay it's common okay but not, but not normal. normal so I imagine that there are plenty of listeners who are want are like being to ask the question okay I do have a painful period I've got a very heavy flow there's clots there's pain around ovulation what can I do to rectify this how could you help those women okay um well when I'm working with women one-to-one I generally would prescribe herbal medicine to them but what they can do um at home themselves is well the number one thing that everybody should do anyway and it was one of my healthy tips is to have the ginger Fresh fruit ginger. First I feel morning. like you're the biggest champion people of ginger. Saying, people sent me photos of ginger all the time. And, you know, they're in the supermarket and there's loads of ginger. And they sent me photos, which I love. Um, and it's quite it's quite simple. So it's quite... Okay, so let's think of something that's really cold. Like cold blood doesn't move very well. Mm-hmm. It's slow. It's heavy. And it's sore when they're trying when it's trying to move out of the womb. So, the ginger is warming, and it dilates blood vessels. Mm-hmm. So, it, if a woman is having period pain because of a lot of cold in her womb, mm-hmm. then there is a good chance that ginger will make some sort of difference. It depends on exactly what's going on with each individual woman. I've spoken to women and they have like, oh no, that was enough. That was all I needed to do. And cut out cold food and drinks elsewhere in their diet I was well. pissed actually at you. I think I messaged you recently when you but um, you did a post about um, the cold thing. And I think it was when we were having good weather and I was like, don't take away my iced latte, woman. Um, you keep it, but pay the price. Pay, pay, exactly and just to be aware that there is a flip side well yeah well what I would say because obviously we have had good weather and um, I know that people are going to have the, the ice lollies and everything and I would say to them listen just make sure you have your ginger once or twice in the morning to kind of for an instant so in okay in terms of ginger what are you, what are you good weather. <laughs> the four days a year yeah. What are you talking about in terms of ginger? Because I think there's a lot of different varieties. There's the whole ginger, there's the ginger powder, there's the no, ginger no, 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 tea. No. It's the real ginger. See if you're processed food for something much better than a ginger tea bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just get fresh root ginger and you slice it. If you're not used to it, if it's your first time, just use a small slice and mm-hmm. then you can increase it just to see what your happy place is. Um, you can peel it, you cannot peel it. 
Or you can grate it. If it's grated, it will be uh, a little bit more concentrated. Bit more pungent. Yeah. Um, and you just add hot water to it, let it brew for a little while, and then you can, you just sip on it. You Do you need it. to add anything or is that Not fine Not necessarily, as it is? you can add lemon if you want, but mm-hmm. there's, there's no need. And so let me explain how it works. So uh, ginger will go to the stomach. I mean, I know everything goes into the stomach, but in Chinese medicine, um, the different flavours go, work more on different organs within the body. But... I, stomach is the is where the ginger goes mm-hmm. and it will dilate the blood vessels within the stomach and it will allow the stomach to do a better job. Okay. So what we find here are people are putting cold into their stomach and when, when your hands are cold, everybody knows this, when your hands are really cold, it's much more difficult to use your fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, because the blood has constricted and there's just not as much power there. So that's exactly the same with the digestive system. Okay. If it's cold, it can't do the job. And mm. it has a huge job to do all that churning, mm-hmm. all that mixing, um, breaking things down, moving it through the body. Okay. It's a little bit like if you put your Sunday roast in the oven, but you didn't switch the oven on. Mm-hmm. You're not going to transform it to the next stage. Okay. And it will just sit there and eventually it will begin to rot and decay. Okay. And we are all very familiar with so many of our health problems being connected back to the gut. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things is that we're putting cold food and drinking um, and it doesn't have the power then to to process. That's something else I actually wanted to touch upon because I was speaking to Fiona before coming to meet you and she said that um, she would love to ask questions about the hormonal acne that she suffers from. For me, it would be gut issues in terms of constipation. Like, I do not have a good digestive system. Are they all linked? Yeah, well, everything within the body is linked. Absolutely everything. So, again, um, looking at it from a Chinese medicine point of view, as I said earlier, hormones are just the messenger we have to ask, instead of just saying, oh, it's hormonal acne, we would ask, well, why is the hormone doing what they are, what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the hormones are doing exactly what they're meant to do, given the internal and external conditions. Mm -hmm. So as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I would make a difference if the acne is breaking out around the time of ovulation that's different from if it's breaking out around the time of your period okay that's two different approaches for me um there is a big part of it which will be connected to the digestive system but in chinese medicine we have the lungs and the skin are two sides of the same coin okay um they both they both meet with with nature they're both on that that first line between internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of our skin problems would be more to do with the respiratory microbiome. Okay. We, we all hear of gut microbiome because sure. it's everywhere, because, you know, it's just all that's talked about. But we have a micro, we have microbiome communities in our ears, in our nose, and all through the body. But the three big ones are the respiratory microbiome, mm-hmm. the gut microbiome, and the urogenital microbiome which is the pelvic bone okay so what can happen if you imagine you've got really poor digestion and basically what happens in the gut it's like a compost heap it's Mm. all fermenting and all ferment and you know and then what happens to a compost heap um 
the heat rises mm-hmm. so the lungs the heat is on the lungs and that for some people will show on the skin okay so that makes often, sense actually yeah. because if i haven't been to the toilet in quite a few days i start to get quite a lot of breakouts mm-hmm. so i'm assuming they're linked yeah everything within the body is linked yes okay. so w- when i'm treating skin i will be cooling down the lungs and venting venting that heat in a different way but I'll also be helping the digestive system as well the other thing when we have this compost heap in the middle of the gut is that the heavier bits fall down and they fall down into the pelvic bowl and then that can cause problems in with all the functions that lie within the um, pelvic bowl which is reproduction uh, elimination and um, kidney bladder. So we're going to have to have a separate conversation. I feel like there's a lot of things we're going to splinter off into and we need to have separate conversations because there's just too much to talk about and not enough time. But you'll probably be disgusted when I tell you how I treat my constipation because I don't go and address the root cause. I take what I call uh, my shitting tea and it's a natural laxative tea. But it's the only thing that makes me go to the bathroom. But I'm also acutely aware that I'm not addressing what needs to be addressed. And and we get that with supplements and probiotics and everything. People are like, no, but it's fine when I use my probiotic. And I'm going, yeah, but you're not addressing the underlying issue. Um, I think people are very aware... And people want to avoid medication because they think, oh, it's not, you know, it's not helping me or it's not getting to the root cause. But then all of a sudden the wellness industry has marketed to them that they have all the answers. But really, they're just, it's really not that different because they are getting something else to do the job that your body should be doing. Whereas I think, no, we need to fix the body sure. and get it corrected. Um, yeah I think I was looking for the quick easy approach and sometimes sometimes we need that for comfort and for pain management or whatever but generally alongside that we should be looking at I'm dying to ask you about your diet I'm dying to look at your tongue I I wouldn't let you look at my tongue after my diet would be appalled with at the minute especially over the last week I've been drinking too much alcohol and haven't been looking after myself which I feel is probably contributed do you have really cold hands and feet always yeah I've always had so really cold everything's trapped in the center it's not moving properly so we we move right from the separate center conversation my goodness we've too no, much the to reason talk about. i asked you that was because i see so many women with really cold hands and feet yes. but with digestive problems because there's so much heat in their center and it's not circulating so then how do, how do we get that to circulate well i would then? use herbal medicine okay and then once i've used herbal medicine and corrected it it's up to them to maintain it with simple things like their ginger in the morning mm-hmm. making sure they're moving throughout the day breathing exercises you know if you're doing deep breathing exercises you are massaging your internal organs i really don't think i breathe enough no, i feel like I'm, I'm a very shallow breather yeah you are and somebody commented on it to me recently a yoga teacher was like you're such a shallow breather and actually i i feel that i I would love to rectify it. Um, I think it takes concerted effort to do that. But do you... Okay, so we're sitting around your bounty of beautiful things. If I was to come to you or somebody was to book in a session with you, what would you typically prescribe? And I know there's so much and you can't cover it all. But is it the likes of these... 
They are um, all obviously single ingredient or herbal medicine. And in Chinese medicine, we use formulas. Okay. A little bit like cooking, you use recipes. Okay. And because all of the body is generally involved when, with the problem, and we will be addressing many of those. And w- like we'll have maybe one or two main herbs that are heavy hitting and they're doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, we maybe will have a herb that will assist them. And then a herb that will negate some of the side effects. Do you have a favourite herb? No. No. Okay, you just love them all. I Yeah, but the formulas. Okay, the formulas got you. I have a favourite formula. What's that? Well, we all love the the, the digestive little pills that I have. Okay. Um, because they're great for bloating. They break down the food stagnation that's in the gut and, and help you pass it through. So, so if I was to come bloating. to you for my digestive issues and you established that basically I'm doing nothing to help myself currently, would you essentially give me a digestive pill in conjunction with other things that I can do? Yeah, probably would, but it would be short term because okay. ultimately, uh, and we would address that issue because that, um, like I've never treated somebody for a gynae or fertility issue that it didn't connect back to digestion. Okay, that's so interesting, isn't it? And I feel like, growing up in school, whatever, we were never taught about digestion and it's really the root cause of so many issues it that really we have. Is. Well, we look at periods, they are blood. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, um, we make blood via the digestive system. Mm-hmm. We make the food that we eat becomes the blood and that's what we make it. So if somebody to me, for example, I was having a very light period, I am thinking, well, is her digestive system not making the blood? Is she not eating enough food, first of all? Mm-hmm. and Or is her digestive system not able to transform it and um, transport it around the body? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I would look at is maybe she has got enough blood, but the circulatory system is not bringing it down to the womb. Okay. And putting it out. So it is a, uh, it is a whole body. Okay, so we have a letter. And we have had this letter in our inbox for the last few weeks, but neither Fiona nor I felt qualified to answer because I've openly admitted to you, I don't really even know what hormones are or the impact that they have on our bodies. So I'm going to read this to you and hopefully you can help. Hi girls, I feel so uneducated when it comes to hormones. Like I kind of know what they are, but not really. I feel you sister. I heard you girls touch upon them before and I wish that you'd elaborated. Not to sound dramatic, but I feel that my hormones are a mess and fucking up my life. My sex drive is non-existent and I have gut issues, always bloated and constipated. I have been on the pill for years because that's what girls do, right? A friend recommended that I come off it as it could be throwing me off. I came off two months ago and I haven't really noticed a change. Is this something that you have been through? I'd love to hear from your listeners who are in the same position. And obviously I feel like you're just the perfect person to help. So much, so much in this. Um, It's a fantastic letter. And didn't I say, didn't I say that there's always a digestive element Mm-hmm. as well but um we never think to join the two so okay so firstly um it's really important to point out when people are on hormonal contraception you don't actually have a real period mm-hmm. because a period follows ovulation and the purpose of the pill is to stop you ovulating so that you don't get pregnant 
So if you don't ovulate, you're therefore not going to have a period. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I'd love to know what she put on this. Was it for contraception or was it was she put on it for medical reasons? Um, I always say it's a little bit like, you know, if I went to an electrician and said, you know, every time I touch a light switch, I get a shock. Mm-hmm. I think I've got an electrical problem. And then he checks everything and he comes back and he goes, you do have an electrical problem? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I knew that. but, And then he came back to me and said, so I'm going to disconnect you from the mains. Mm-hmm. Like, that would take care of my problem. But over time, I couldn't properly function in the house. Yeah. And over time, problems would develop. Mm-hmm. And that's almost... It's a little bit similar to what the pill is doing. You know what? Yeah, you've got a hormonal problem, so we're just going to stop your body producing them. Mm-hmm. But the reality is women, a lot of women, myself included, went on the pill to avoid getting pregnant. And I personally never wanted to rely on natural family planning as it was packaged by my very Catholic school because obviously contraception and condoms, etc. were allowed. They were definitely not allowed. But... I suppose as well, it, it's such a circular conversation because we weren't really taught in school how to conclude if your body was ovulating and to what practices that we had to, you know, to go through to avoid getting pregnant or whatever. But a lot of women do go on the pill because they don't want to get pregnant. Right, I get that. And we have to we also have to acknowledge that way when the pill first came out, it wasn't allowed to be used as a contraception. So there were medical doctors prescribing it to women with eight or nine children for medical reasons. Okay. As a loophole. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I don't think that exists anymore. So it's only fair to acknowledge that. Um, okay, so I'm all for informed choice. Mm-hmm. and I don't believe that women are are being given the information to allow them Agreed. to make an informed choice you know yeah. nobody nobody is told right we're going to give you the pill it'll stop you getting pregnant and these are the myriad of side effects that you might have um and also like like Yes, there are official side effects to it um which include problems with uh, with mental health um cardiovascular health all of that gut health because our estrogen and and progesterone are much more than just for our fertility Mm -hmm. and for our periods a progesterone is an anti-anxiety hormone um estrogen uh, helps us grow things they're both used they're they're both used in throughout the body Mm -hmm. so also as teenagers or as young women, or maybe even as adult women or older women, we believe that you can just get pregnant every day. Nobody has told us that, listen, there's only five days of a month that you can actually get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And they're the only five days that you need to be careful. Mm -hmm. And maybe one either side, just to be sure, Mm -hmm. to be sure. Um, Then we have women that do not have textbook cycles. So then we're running into another problem. And really, we should be correcting that for them. Mm-hmm. And then they might be able to make, they might be, because what happens, I work with women and they're like, they've got these problems and they are managing it with the pill, but they know that they want to have children in a few years. So they'll say, I'll come off the pill for a little while. We'll get it all fixed up and mm-hmm. I'll go back on it. And yeah. I'm like, yes, absolutely. But we will have to come off it for a while so we can see what the body's really doing. But some of those women don't end up not going back on it because they're like, okay, it's really easy to tell when I'm fertile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why would I 
I, I can just be more um, use a barrier method then. You know what? I'm pretty sure this um, oh, listener Kimmy comes from Dubai or lives in Dubai, and I feel that it's important to acknowledge that our Dubai listeners are shackled an awful lot more in terms of having to remain on pregnant given the cultural yeah. um, implications in Dubai. Like if you're pregnant outside of wedlock, it's a really big problem. They have changed the laws recently, but the whole time that I was there, if you were pregnant outside of wedlock, you had to travel out of the country for an abortion or marry your, you know, the person that got you pregnant. So I think the, 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 the conversation around the pill is one that we really, really need to talk about. I was on the pill for, um, I think maybe between 17 and 25 or so. And the reason that I actually came off the pill was because my libido was literally non-existent. I'm going to be honest with you. I hope that when I came off the pill, my libido would increase. It actually didn't. I just don't think I fancied my partner at the time. But oh, we must. We see. Were you on the pill when you met him? Yes. So this is so interesting as well because, the, um, when we're on the pill, we've really gone on a tangent again, leaving this poor letter. But when we're on the pill, like she has mentioned that she has got issues. So the pill mm-hmm. taking the pill does interfere with the microbiome, which mm-hmm. in the gut, which will lead to gut issues as well. But you know, are you familiar with pheromones? You know yes. that scent mm-hmm. that men and women produce and I, that we subconsciously can smell them off each other Oops. and it attracts us. Mm-hmm. So I think what's happening between men and women is that subconsciously we're attracted to each other's pheromones and that we, and it's all about making babies. It's about my DNA would be a really good match for his DNA mm-hmm. and we could produce a healthy offspring. Mm-hmm. Even though on a Saturday night that might not be what you're thinking about. <laughs> but biologically or the chemistry, that's what's happening. Okay. So when a woman takes the pill, it changes her pheromones. Mm-hmm. So the guy that fancies her and the guy and the guy that she fancies might not be an ideal match mm-hmm. when she's not on the pill. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. And that, 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 that was something we were taught years and years ago, but I've seen it in the press a mm-hmm. lot um, more recently. Mm-hmm. They're becoming more and more aware of it. So when it's time to make a baby and they come off the pill, then sometimes the relationship's just, you know, or sometimes I making a baby can be really difficult mm-hmm. because the, the DNAs just aren't optimum. Mm-hmm. Well... I, th- I have heard repeatedly from people when they talk about lack of libido, one of the first questions that's, a- that's asked is, are you on the pill? Now, this listener mentions that she came off the pill two months prior. How long does a woman need to kind of go back to base to baseline after she's come off the pill? Is it like the next month? Or it's going it to be t- different for okay. everybody. Like some people take the pill and they don't notice any real issues at all. Mm-hmm. And they come off the pill and they just bounce back. They're ovulating and they're having a period and they've no issues. And that's because we all have different detox pathways. We all have different DNA. We all have different... Um, 
genetics or different microbiome and so we're going to process these things all differently mm -hmm. and that's and, and that goes for everything that we're exposed to and why something might impact me but not you sure so that that's a big thing but when so we really don't know but I would always say to a woman to watch out for her ovulation okay which is that egg white fertile mucus yep. make a note of it and just see does a bleed follow um roughly 14 12 to 14 okay. days later I would allow up to three months just to allow the menstrual cycle to establish itself again. It would also depend on what age she started taking the pill mm -hmm. because within if her periods started at 13 and she's on the pill at 14, which does happen for skin or mm -hmm. pain or whatever, mm -hmm. it takes two years for the menstrual cycle and the estrogen receptors to fully establish themselves. Oh, right, so okay. sometimes if you're put on the pill too soon then you know that makes sense yeah. though because your body never really had a chance no, it never really had a chance so let's give this cycle. girl some practical advice i know you would love her to come off the pill no she but, is off the pill oh yes she is off the pill and i i sometimes i say we just we just come off it sometimes i work with women while they're on it okay because they're in so much pain or they're whatever so bad okay. and i can see from their tongue and their bowel movements and everything that i'm making a change okay. but then just to be sure They'll come off it for three months okay. to make sure the pro you know that they're still healthy in that, mm -hmm. and then they get to decide if they go back on it or okay. not. And then sometimes I'll say to them, "Listen, if once a year you could just give your body a break for a month or two, and then go back on it mm -hmm. again." No, I do have patients that use the pill, and I'm fully supportive of that because they are making an informed decision. Okay, and they are doing other things. But you to just obviously their body. help them to support. Yes. They're, okay. I think that's I think that's really helpful because I I do know a lot of our listeners they feel that they have no choice but to continue oh, to no, take I, to continue. Um, it, it is so convenient and but it's just a pity that it has just so many downsides. Yeah. Exactly. Um so if this girl was to come to you Mm -hmm. obviously we've only got this letter okay. but is there a typical type of treatment or plan that you would make for her I would obviously I'd be using herbal medicine but just for the benefit of her I would you know it is always going to come down to the basics um you know what is her diet like is she eating real food mm -hmm. um I'm assuming the diet in Dubai might be somewhat different from here or I think in well, Dubai a different climate and that well the way, climate but I think in Dubai um, listen I, there's so many varieties but I know in Dubai there's a lot of excess there's a lot of nights out alcohol parties great dinners and meals and maybe not lots home cooked but alternatively there's also people that are like such good whole clean eaters but so what I would do is sometimes, like, I'm not a believer in giving everything up and cutting everything out mm -hmm. because that's not medicine and people have to live. Mm -hmm. But I would encourage people to clean up their diet as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's real food, mm -hmm. warm food, moist food, get to bed early, move their body as much as they can, keep their feet warm, which um, obviously there's a lot of air conditioning in Dubai, I bet. There's but, a, actually a very good point. There's a lot yeah. of AC and I all, always notice I've got very sore yeah. ears and hands and, and cold hands and yeah, feet actually. Yeah. Um, but so a good pair of fluffy socks. Good pair, but warm feet, warm womb, warm womb. One of the reasons is is the 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 blood has a hard enough job 
climbing up the legs so or flowing up the legs so if you and, and as we've already said cold blood is harder to move so mm. if you keep your feet warm um, and the blood is warmer it's that little bit easier to move back up and move back up through the pelvis and you know for any part of your body you need good blood flow to keep it healthy um and that's just a basic one of the fundamental basic needs of the human body so i would have her address all those things and sometimes we have to really um, put a tight rein on diet but it should only be for about six to eight weeks again to give the body that chance to heal and to really establish itself and do you find that when you work with women do women come to you specifically for low libido or in training a woman does she notice that her libido naturally increases is, is there yeah so it is one of the questions on my consultation form um and most women say it's either very low or there's room for improvement mm -hmm. um and there's a few reasons for this but we always see it increase even when women don't have a problem with it and we improve the health in the pelvic area um they will always come back and say that there is an increase in it um there are several things that contribute to your libido it's never just one mm -hmm. obviously when a woman is ovulating or a good healthy ovulation we should notice an increase in our okay. libido we get that surge of testosterone okay and also basically there's an egg in the way on the way mm -hmm. and, and the body is going yeah go get the egg fertilized mm -hmm. again we're not consciously thinking that that's the last thing mm -hmm. most of us would want perhaps but there is that element within the body um, and it's so interesting because they, they're doing studies and they think that the type of woman that a man will or the type of man that a woman will swipe right for is different when she's ovulating compared to just before her period do you think that's because the horn's hanging out of her perhaps <laughs> <laughs> right. Whereas, whereas later on, then she's looking for a companion. Yeah, well, like a, a good, a good husband, good father. Somebody to share a Chinese with on a Friday night. El Couture recommends. A huge shout out to our amazing sponsor, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure wear brand who create the most beautiful pieces. If you live in Dubai, please do take advantage of the Express for our delivery and pay a visit to their beautiful store on Al Wassel Road. And they have an upcoming pop-up in Mall of the Emirates coming very soon. We'll keep you in the loop on our social media. If you're living outside of Dubai, like I am, then you can also avail of delivery. It only takes three days. And if you order more than $100, they cover all taxes and shipping. Don't forget to use your code LOVEBITES20 for an exclusive discount. My goodness, we absolutely need all the discounts we can get at the minute with this bloody hike in living costs. That's another conversation. We love to see how you wear your Elkature, so please do tag us on social media so in this segment you can talk about anything from books podcasts what you're watching what you're using what you're putting in your body what you're putting on your hair or your face that's a big question i know but no it's actually so open-ended because people are like oh shit i don't know what to talk about and i'm like literally you can talk about anything so what are you loving okay well one thing i'm loving is what mm. we've just had to drink my god this cacao um okay so maria made me the most beautiful okay on the way here i was like i'm gonna pick up 
tea, coffee, what do you want? You were like, actually, I don't drink tea and coffee. And I'm like, what the fuck? She doesn't drink tea and coffee. I never had it as a child and then I just never started. To me, it's like a rite of passage. You know, you're like yeah, a little I'm woman when you, when you start drinking tea. Um, but you made the most beautiful cacao, which was like, looked like shaved. Well, I had, I had done that before you arrived. Okay. And then, so it's 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 pure chocolate. I just um, I, as I said earlier, I went to Belize and did the, a lot of the my abdominal massage mm-hmm. training, and that is where cacao comes from, mm-hmm. or it's part of it. But the Mayans used it like money. Mm-hmm. That's um what they did. Years it's a heart opening ago. thing, isn't it? Yeah, it opens the heart, softens the heart, but it just is a really lovely drink as well. So, I it, it can be used if we if you weigh it out. Um, I weighed it, that was mm-hmm. all before you arrived, but if you weigh it out and you went up to like 40 grams, you're talking about that can really um, bring you into a deeper meditation. Right. So how many grams did you give me? I gave you 22. I actually feel really, I know I'm sitting here sneezing and blowing my nose and stuff, so I don't appear well, but actually I feel better after that cup, better than I felt in days. And the last time I did a cacao ceremony, I recall feeling the same. And I thought that was maybe just a fluke. But it definitely does have yeah. some sort of impact. You can let's you combine it with dates. I put it in with you with dates because it doesn't it's it doesn't taste very nice. It's very bitter. Bitter, okay. Um I put it in so the dates sweeten it and then I as a herbalist I was able to add a rose petals. Mm-hmm. They are used as in medicine. And also the, on the heart. That mushroom Yes, I use the mushroom because it's the one, and this is, I quote unquote, how it's described in Chinese medicine, enhances beauty. Okay, like skin? Skin. Well, so what it does, and I'll show you before you leave, when you mix it with water, it, um, hyaluronic acid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it actually, when you mix it with water, you can, it it almost becomes serum-like. Okay. Like I I wouldn't drink it on its own because it's it's real gooey okay um and it thickens so that's what it is doing it is bringing more moisture within the body and to the skin how easy is it to get our hands on high grade cacao like you served me do you know i'm mm, you know it's Mm -hmm. the market is full of it now okay and i have tried a few and there's two that i like okay um is it to the same grade that i got when you were in Belize? Belize, 12 years ago. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's okay to go with it. So that is something just as a daily drink. And like, so since I've started drinking, I'm like, oh, is this why people drink tea and coffee? I like, I mean, tea, I tea, tea and coffee. Yeah, I, you know what? It's obviously such an Irish thing. My mum must have like 30 cups of tea a day. I think it's such an, a, Comfort. An Irish English thing. Somebody comes into the house, you stick on the kettle. Like your friends having a hard time, you stick on the kettle. Um, yeah, I, I think it's such a such a social thing. But that cup of cacao blew my mind, and I swear to God, maybe it's placebo, but I actually do feel, I do feel much better. So thank you for taking the time because that was so beautifully presented. Um, I know that you're not going to mention this because you're just so damn humble, but you have got a fantastic ebook. And when we talked about you doing your series of Instagram lives, um, you were taking tips that can be found in your ebook. Yeah. Actionable, accessible, 
unpretentious, unfussy um, tips on how you can basically live a better life. Where can people find that ebook? Well, that's just on my, it's on my website, mm-hmm, which is mariarafferty.com. And extremely reasonably priced. Yes. And it's, it, it's a quick read. And they are, they are all actionable. And the thing is, none of us, myself included, this can be a surprise to you, Laura, I don't, I don't live the perfect healthy life. It's just not possible. So that's when you're doing the smaller things throughout the day, they kind of negate those mm-hmm. weekend choices or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and as you said, they are actionable. They are doable. They don't ask for too much from people. And I... I was really humbled and blown away by the feedback. I was really surprised by the feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, I was surprised, first of all, that people were actually doing them. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was just really blown away by the feedback that everybody had for me. Well, I think it's a great, I think it's a great tool to have in our arsenal. You're not here preaching that everybody has to do all these things all the no. time. But I do think that people want to try to make small changes that that make an actual difference and if they under like something one of the tips that i explained is like you know if you get if you have a greasy frying pan Mm -hmm. and you add cold water to it like nobody will add cold water to a greasy frying pan but yet we'll have cold water after or a cold drink with our food Mm -hmm. so what is that doing to the fat and there should always be some fat in our food Mm -hmm. um so that's gonna make it thicker in our bodies Mm -hmm. and really make it more difficult to digest and break that down mm-hmm. and it just maybe makes things all sticky and gooey inside our digestive absolutely system. well i really want to recommend that book it's only five pounds 99 yeah so reasonably priced you can find it on your website where can people actually find you in terms of instagram um on instagram i'm the hormone health coach okay perfect um because i knew that you were going to give yourself a shout out also anything you want to tell us about anything upcoming <laughs> no come on like jesus you have to take okay. your own bloody horn okay 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 so um i was just showing laura something that i'm working on or maybe i'll have finished it by the time this goes live okay that would be yeah. brilliant um and basically what i'm going to do are two live workshops mm-hmm. but you, you'll sign up for both and they'll be um in two consecutive weeks and it will absolutely be live so that there can be engagement mm-hmm. and talking to me I, th- I think you deserve that mm-hmm. and it will be teaching women the basics about how their body how their how their how their reproductive system functions mm-hmm. what they can do to support it because I'm now working with women that are early 30s that are single and they're like you know what if I don't get a chance to get pregnant for five or six years time and I'm like well we can still take care of it now and you know this again small simple things so it is about understanding the the aspects of the menstrual cycle and then part two will be more about taking a closer look at the ligaments taking a look at the different positions that the womb can get itself into why oh how the cervix moves throughout the cycle you know and then what happens is people, once people are given this information, you know, for example, if they're having sex at different times of their cycle, they're like, now I understand why it feels different mm-hmm. Absolutely. at different times. I think that'll month. be such a good, yeah. and you're lovely to listen to as well. Um, 
you're very warm and approachable and, and um, non-judgmental. So I think that'd be a great course. Assuming that you're going to announce that on your social media in due course. One other thing we'll be going through, and this is another reason why it's live, is we're going to go through different forms of contraception because, you know, as much as we'd all love to not use any contraception, the reality is that many of us have to. So we will be talking about that. Um, it will be an opportunity for people to share their experiences with, like, for example, the copper coil. Some women are like, it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Whereas other women were like, I-, I had it in two weeks and I just begged yeah. them to take it out. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, I know it will be online, but still as women gather in spirit mm-hmm. and we'll just learn that, you know what, we are all different. Mm-hmm. And just because it worked for her and it, it might not work for me. And I think I'm also going to look, I must show you there upstairs, some of the different um, period products. Like you want to see the period thing is the only word I can think of for um, that's really benef- really good if you want to have sex during your period. Really? Yeah, there's a thing. Now, you would probably give it to a child to do artwork with, but it's actually okay. really good. That's a hook for people. You <laughs> definitely need to sign up Sorry, to Maria's class. Sorry, it wasn't meant to be that. that, that but I found that's it. That's good. You're getting I into this it. marketing thing now. I love that. I, good for you. I, 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 I was doing the research and I found it and bought it and I was showing it to my friend and she was like, ugh. but then you know the reports are good and if you're looking at things like long distance relationships and stuff like that Mm -hmm. sometimes these things are just needed and you know sex is really good for period pain and I know there'll be people listening to this going oh my goodness I couldn't think of anything worse but again every woman is different every woman is different and some people buzz off having sex on their periods I know when I've got period pain a my orgasm always helps I'm not gonna lie but people are grossed out by it and actually it's just a bloody period Good hook, like your style, sister. Um, so El Couture recommends a book that I have never read. I don't know if you've read it. And the book is Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. Now, Sally Rooney wrote a book called Normal People. And oh, yeah. Normal People was made into a TV show. And I've never been more incensed and pissed off by a book but ultimately I felt so compelled to keep watching it. it I have to say it was in one hand a very gripping read and in the other hand a really fucking annoying read because the protagonists were just bothering me the whole time but I actually really enjoyed it begrudgingly so I think Sally Rooney's style of writing is amazing I really, really enjoy her style of writing. And this, Conversations with Friends, was her debut album. Album? What the fuck? Debut novel. And it talks about two young women who have become involved with an older couple in Dublin's literary scene. Don't know what that means, involved in what way, but I have seen a lot of people recommending Conversations with Friends. So I will add it to my list um, because I actually... Even though the, the, our, our other book pissed me off, I actually really, really enjoyed it. So, that being said, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. We've gone off on a million different tangents. I know, it's so hard. It's, it's so, so hard. So There's so much to talk about. But did that we... girl ever get her answer? I think she did. You know what? I think she did. I think maybe she needs to begin a session with you. And how do people begin a session well, I with can, you? I can only work with people in, in the UK and Ireland. Okay. But but they can do but online they can do all the learning. 
Well, and honestly, honestly, like uh, if people can learn about their bodies and make the necessary changes and just understand the, the way things work, then they might not need me, mm-hmm. or maybe they won't need me for as long. Well, you and I definitely need another chat. Um, there's a lot that we didn't drill down into that I would love to know more about. I need to book a session with you. I need you to check out my tongue. Um, I need some of those digestive pills. But it has been so lovely to meet you after all these years of following know, you yes. online. And then I especially love it when um, you know we meet and it's just like we've always Already been friends. Yeah. So it's super nice. And thank you for welcoming me to your home. And thank you oh, for that welcome. cacao. It's been amazing. And... You're amazing. Oh, thanks. And Laura, thank you for allowing me to talk about periods um, because it is important for me mm-hmm. just to spread the word, word, give the women the information, um, let them decide if they want to use it. Or and destigmatize not. and Absolutely. normalize the conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much. Okay, let's.